In the last months of 1983, frenzied consumers battled each other in the toy aisle trenches of Sears, Macy's, and other stores to get their hands on Colico's coveted Cabbage Patch Kids for their children in time for the holidays. In 1985, Hasbro's My Buddy doll followed suit by courting the then-controversial idea that boys should play with dolls, not just action figures. Intrigued and inspired by Madison Avenue's attempts to disrupt children's traditional consumer habits for an almighty dollar, UCLA screenwriting student Don Mancini tapped into the zeitgeist by writing a dark psychological tale about a boy and his doll that turns deadly. and ghouls i'm katie tool and i'm sean reedy and this is friday night frights a podcast about innocence imagination and incantations (laughs) tonight we are doing child's play yes we are (laughs) um He's your best friend till the end. (laughs) (laughs) He sure is. (laughs) You actually forget because he's like such a huge part of like just our sort of collective cultural imagination now. And he's seen as such like a joke, you know, Mm -hmm. that... This original film was pretty serious. Yeah, it really was. Like, there's not a ton of... There's not a ton of, like, humor in right. this movie. It's it's pretty straight horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, as horror as you can get for a living doll. Right, a talking doll. Yeah. But, I mean, they do a good job of it. Like, I, I mean, they did such a good job of it that they created a... Eight, five, eight other films or seven other films? Uh, six. Well, six and then the remake. So seven. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. So, Child's Play was released on November 9th, 1988. It was produced by MGM and United Artists. Uh, it was directed by horror legend Tom Holland. See, of Thinner, The Langoliers, and Fright Night fame. Mm-hmm. Among others. Uh, Don Mancini wrote the film. Uh, we'll talk about him later. Mm-hmm. It stars Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, and Alex Vincent, and, of course, Brad Dourif. Of course, Brad Dourif. Can we just talk about Brad Dourif for a second? <laughs> Please. Brad Dorif just pops up everywhere. Yeah. He pops up everywhere. <clears throat> and you won't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, half the time he's playing some kind of creature, right? Or or at least, ho- like, horribly disfigured being, right? Right. So, but... He's just so good at playing Psycho. Yeah, he really yeah. is. It's a talent. Mm-hmm. And that voice. I mean, his voice is just so... That voice. Yes. 
it stands out on its own. Right. Well, and he has, he is actually, like, his natural voice does, but he's also, hello. <laughs> his natural voice does, um, but he's also pretty good at voice work. Um, my cat has joined us. <laughs> Brad Dorff is in another, at least in my opinion, excellent horror film, um, The Exorcist 3. Yes. Where he also plays a serial killer who is possessing, Mm -hmm. in this case a human, but like playing a serial killer who is possessing something else. (laughs) 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 I just had this like really, really... um, jarring realization that The Exorcist 3 and Child's Play have very similar plots. <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, they do. They it's do. true. Um, anyway. Um, so, we are going to get into Child's Play, but first... Shock Tale <laughs> not sure about that. It's a little, I was going to say, I'm like, that one was a little harder to do. I think it's because we're, <laughs> right, we're not in the we're, same room. Yeah. Um, yes, we are We are recording this week's episode uh, remotely because I'm working a million hours a day right now. So Tonight's shock tale is called The Good Guy. Sean, what's in The Good Guy? So, the good guy consists of um, six ounces of milk. Um, the recipe calls for whole milk, but, like, I used oat milk and I thought it was delicious. Um, a half cup of fruity pebbles, um, a quarter of a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and a shot of bourbon. Now, what you want to do is you want to take those fruity pebbles and soak them in that uh, oat milk or whatever milk of cho- choosing um, for at least 30 minutes. Um, I will throw it out there. I let them soak for a good old hour, I want to say. Maybe an hour and a half. It was roughly that. And it was still delicious. Um, Strain out the milk. Get rid of that cereal. um, Throw that with the vanilla extract and the bourbon in a cocktail shaker with ice. And shake it up. And pour it in a cup filled with ice as well. Mmm. This shit is tasty. It is breakfast in bed if you so choose. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Inspired, of course, by the absolutely gourmet uh, breakfast in bed meal that Andy makes his mother at the beginning of the film. Oh, absolutely. So if if you want to round out your experience, uh, I would suggest uh, pairing this cocktail with some well-blackened toast. (laughs) <laughs> which can we just say how the hell did he pull that out of the toaster without burning his hands with his bare hands he doesn't yeah even, I, he's not even like ow ow like, no he was just like okay i'm sitting like, there like screaming internally like yeah, please like, for the love of god <laughs> like are you also made of plastic why don't you have nerves in your fingers i don't understand I what's happening i am uncomfortable with it <laughs> child <laughs> No children. So, um, this movie, uh, starts off with, uh, 
our friend Charles Lee Ray getting chased by the police and ends up, um, which I don't believe we know why he's, do we know why he's getting chased by the police? I don't remember. I don't feel like we do. We just know he's getting chased. Well, okay, so the first line of the movie Did is... Did I miss that first line? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to miss, but, like, um, Norris shouts into his radio, I've got the Strangler and, like, mm. whatever street they're on. So mm-hmm. you are told that, you know, I mean, the, <clears throat> the term the Strangler... Murder really right. only applies to one kind of person so that this is a serial killer although like right. he's they're not they're not hugely consistent with like their serial killer tropes <laughs> right but we can talk about that later <laughs> right um so so yeah we start off with charles lee ray trying to escape the police mm-hmm. um ends up breaking into a toy store as you do um as i mean why would you not um, I mean, you gotta play with some toys while you're, mm-hmm. uh, running away from the police. Um, so, breaks into the toy store, um, and ends up getting shot, he's injured, he knows that he's going to die, so he ends up transferring his soul to a doll. Yes. Because Charles Lee Ray... For some reason. <laughs> Again, I don't feel like they really fully address it. Well, no, 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 no. they kind of do. I kind, I guess they kind of do. Like they talk about how he went and like learned from the the master, right? And right. like then that guy's like, "You've perverted everything I taught you." Right. Um, this is in fact uh, supposed to be voodoo that he's right. doing, right? Yes. Um, And what's interesting is that he invokes... Okay, I'm going to get real nerdy for a second. Because I, I want to talk about this incantation. Can we talk about the incantation? Can we put that Let's in right Let's do it. Now? I mean, it's, right. we may as well. I mean, this is the... Right, this is when it happens. The main part of... Yeah. Right. So he uses this incantation um, that is a mixture of... From, from what I can see when I looked at, like, the, the sort of written out copy of it it's a mixture of french uh creole and like nonsense words except for one (laughs) sentence that's in english (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know why like why stick in that english sentence like it sounds so dumb like like very last sentence yeah yeah like that give me give me the power i beg of you it sounds so dumb it's like guys just just do the nonsense language the entire time Anyway. Yeah. Um, so he invokes Dumbala to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dumbala is a um, Haitian Lua, right? And if mm-hmm. we all remember the um, mini-sode about zombies, we are once, right. ar- once again talking about Haitian Vodou. Um, mm-hmm. He is one of the most important and most powerful of these spirits. However... Um, he is quite benevolent. Like, he's seen as a sort of creator and as one of, like, the first... He's not, like, the sort of supreme being, but he's sort of right under that. Like, he's he's the 
first thing that the supreme being created right right and he's mm-hmm. often characterized as a serpent but he's generally quite benevolent which is funny given the fact that you know they're talking about this this evil act although the the priest does say later that he has perverted it right mm-hmm. so i suppose that you know it's not initially but I don't know what one would do with an incantation that could transfer your soul into an inanimate object that wasn't evil. Like, what good could you do with that? Like, that right. seems like you're up to something shady, no matter what. But that's just me. No, I mean, I agree. All right. So, Carry um... <laughs> <laughs> so he um so he does end up transferring his soul into this doll's body, right? Mm-hmm. Um So then we move into meeting um Karen Barclay, um played by the lovely Catherine Hicks. Um she is a single mom um working in a department store uh and this is taking place on her son's birthday. Mhm. Uh Andy, um, who is, of course, played by Alex Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andy's favorite thing in the world, and anyone who has any experience with small children will recognize this instantly. When a kid loves a television show, they become entirely consumed by it. Like, I have two nieces, and... Man, when whatever show that they are hooked on at the moment, like either one of them, right? You better know every single character in that goddamn show. You better know where to get the toys. You better know where to get the, um, you know, the clothes, the licensed clothes and everything. Um, which is, of course, the very phenomenon that Mancini was commenting upon when writing this film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know... 30 years later and nothing has changed but if 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 anything it's grown (laughs) because now there's thousands of licenses uh that that just like it's it's mind-boggling but anyway uh andy's show is called the good guys and it's this very sort of like uh stereotypical 80s cheesy animated show about like little boys who go around um, finding other little boys who are sad and being their friends, essentially, right? And of course, there is a whole line of toys and clothing. He has good guy pajamas. He has good guy toys. He has good guy cereal. Like, he's got everything good guys. And all he wants is the talking animatronic good guy doll this is like the holy grail of good guy toys you get your own good guy right and i believe you can tell it doesn't it learn its name like you tell it its name or is it that it knows its name i think it comes with a name so it tells you its name Mm -hmm. right so like it comes with a name initially because in the commercial with the incredibly disturbing full-grown man in a chucky suit Right. Which might be the scariest thing in this movie. Um, 
that one had yeah. a different name. Right. right. Then his name wasn't Chucky. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I for don't... some reason. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just couldn't remember for some reason because, like, like I was saying, I was watching the new one, and with mm-hmm. the new, um, the not that I want to get into the the twenty nineteen version of uh, right. Child's Play, but because um, it is a it is a very different movie, mm-hmm. but um, in the new one, you give the doll its name. Mm. But so the boy names it Chucky. No. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So I'll go over that really quick. Just be like. Just because so, I'm confused. He. So he wants. So the whole thing is that this doll is broken, right? Um, mm-hmm. His mom works at a department store. The doll gets returned. She ends up taking it home. She takes it for free because she's Aubrey Plaza and she does what she wants. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, it ends up being broken. He, I believe, he names the doll the doll Han Solo. And then he's like, did you say Chucky? And he's like, "Uh, no. (laughs) That's That's funny. Right? Like, that's not what I said. This kid arguing with a doll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I said Han Solo. Han Solo. Like when you're on the phone with like an, uh, like robotic customer service thing, right? Oh my gosh. You're like, yes. And it was like, did you say banana? (laughs) No. No, I did not. Just give me a human. Um. so she gave him his birthday presents and he was all excited because he got this box and it looked like it was the size of a buddy box um and he opens it up and there's clothes and he's Mm -hmm. so disappointed because what child wants clothes for their birthday yes so all he wants for his birthday is a good guy doll he doesn't get yes. it because it's a hundred dollars and in 1988 a hundred dollars was a hell of a lot of money that is a lot of money like that's an expensive toy we yeah, for a doll like that's mm-hmm. really pricey um so she ends up uh so karen ends up finding a doll though thanks to um her friend maggie mm-hmm. um because there's a homeless street vendor um, in the back alley, mind you. Th- so this is taking place in Chicago. Yes. Um, so just to th- throw that out there, not the Chicago. Mm-hmm. So um, she is working at a department store. She goes. They both go out to buy this doll from a this um, homeless man, um, and uh, she ends up giving it to Andy. Um, Everything's going smoothly for the most part, um, except it seems like the doll is talking to Andy. However, it it's presented in a way where, like, if you know children, children will pretend to talk to their dolls um, and have these conversations with them. And you know that it's fake, but they feel like it's real. Right. In this yeah, case, I, it is it, a real it is thing. Real. Yes. Yeah. So that actually brings up an in- interesting point because um, both Holland and Mancini have talked about how in the initial cut of the film you saw a lot more of Chucky, and Chucky yes. was um, Chucky was sort of in his full sort of Chucky mode a mm-hmm. lot more, and because partially because of the you know, sort of negative reviews for that initial cut. 
and being inspired by films like Jaws and Alien, where the monster is, you know, the monster is sort of obscured until, like, this moment of reveal. Mm-hmm. You don't see Chucky. I actually paused it so that I could see how far into the movie. Chucky does not talk like Charles Lee Ray until 45 minutes into this film. That is the first time that we hear the quote-unquote Chucky voice. Right. Up until then, he is whispering to Andy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so all we as the audience see is, like, Andy holding the doll up to his ear right or it's like saying the doll's catchphrases that the doll's supposed to have right exactly right mm-hmm. we the don't three see ca- it the three catchphrases that are built the in. three catchphrases he says three <laughs> things um but yeah so the first time that chucky appears fully lit is 45 minutes in And it's a great and moment, I, but we can y- talk about that. Y- yes, it is a great moment, and I'm glad they did that. I actually am mm-hmm. really glad that they changed it, so they they have less of that in a way. And and while it's 45 minutes in, that's literally halfway through the movie. Yeah, it is. So like you get you half the movie, you get you get full on Chucky, for mm-hmm. sure. So, of course, uh, Karen has to work. She gets she gets held in by her. Um, literally asshole boss mm-hmm. he he tells her that she's basically forced to work um a long shift because someone else called in mm-hmm. um so maggie ends up watching andy while she's working late mm-hmm. um which is really shitty that that man is ugh, not meant to be in management um <laughs> but i digress um yeah if a woman tells you if a if a widow says it is my son's birthday and your response right. is basically tough shit. You're a shitty yeah. human. Like that's on you, yep. buddy. Like you are just a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, and it's unfortunate because she needs that job to be able to pay for her bills, and he knows it. Right. So he feels yeah, like he can get away with it. And right. Well, it's ex. It's exploitation. Right. Welcome to the eighties. Yeah. Um, thank God that's not a thing that people deal with really anymore. Um. So, or don't have to deal with. They have ways of, you know, dealing with it. Um, so, um, Maggie is watching Chucky, or... Well, Maggie's also watching Chucky. Maggie is also watching Chucky. Maggie is watching Chucky and Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, a moment where Chucky wa- apparently wants to watch the late night news. Um, and Maggie's like, no, you have to go to bed. It's bedtime. Right. Um, to Andy because she's like, I clearly this kid just wants to watch the news or whatever. And right, like, he just nope, wants to bedtime. stay up past his bedtime. Right, right exactly. Um, and he goes to like brush his teeth and suddenly uh, the TV turns back on to the late night news and Chucky is sitting in front of the television. Right. Um, which of course is super creepy. And mm-hmm. Maggie's like, really? He just like put this doll in front of the TV? So, um, confronts Andy on it and he's like I didn't do it um goes back to bed and unfortunately Maggie ends up meeting her demise Mm -hmm. um 
via being hit in the head with a hammer by Chucky and then um, falling out of their six-story kitchen window. Yes. Ooh. Not a great way um, to go. Not a great way to go. Um, Karen ends up coming home to see to this scene in the middle of this uh, happening, and yes, I think that the sorry to interrupt you, but this no, is good. my favorite thing is that like that would not happen anymore. Like oh the, no, like her coming home to find the police swarming her apartment, like they would have found out where she was like right. <laughs> and, and called her like they wouldn't just well let's wait well we've got this child here right we're just gonna let these officers and a dead uh, woman so we're just gonna yeah. mull around this apartment like like no no <laughs> yeah it's like you're not like you can't really do that no but anyway so um so she comes home finds the cops all over her apartment they tell her that her best friend is dead. Yes. And they are automatically placing Andy as the first suspect, which in a way does make sense because he is the only person, other person that's in the apartment. As far as I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have the footprints that are on the kitchen counter and the um, the spilled uh, uh, flour. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's... There is definitely a reason to suspect him. However, um, it, it is definitely not Andy. Um, and they go full force into this. So um, they really are trying to like investigate, seeing if this boy is the reason that she died. Mm-hmm. Um, and Karen, Karen forces the police to leave. Right. As is her right, by the way. Right. Like, they right. really yes, should exactly. not be there without her. Um, right. They should not be talking to a child without his parent. Nope. Uh, or a or a legal, like, um, not guardian, but, like, a legal representative. You know, like, the people who right. come and... Advocate. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Like, a legal advocate. Like, you are mm-hmm. not allowed to do that. At least you aren't anymore. Maybe you could in 88. Um, mm-hmm. We should say that the lead detective on the case is the same detective... Who killed Charles Lee Ray? Yes, Mike Norris, mm-hmm. who is p- being played by an infant Chris Sarandon. Yeah, so young. <laughs> um, also, the second movie we've done featuring Chris Sarandon. Yes, yes, it sure is. I saw. Yeah, I was like, oh, hello, Chris. How are you today? Mm-hmm. Long time no see. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, um, the next morning, actually. Uh, Chucky ends up making Andy skip school and taking the L train downtown, which I'm like, what? One of my favorite scenes in the movie. Just like everyone just ignores this child. Yeah. On the L by himself and then walking through like fucking Skid Row. Like, I don't know if there's a specific name for it in Chicago, but, like, he's definitely in not a good area, and he's walking through, like, this homeless encampment, <laughs> and they're yeah. all just ignoring him. Like, nobody yep. looks at him. They're like, that's fine. That's fine. Like, just a six-year-old. Yeah. They're like, we got other problems. Um, I mean, they do, but, you know. 
but child. Also, what's this child doing here? So, Andy uh, takes him to this house, um, which uh, Chucky ends up sneaking away from him. Um, it, this ends up being Eddie's house. So Eddie is the man who was the getaway driver when, um, when Charles Lee Ray was trying to escape. Um, so now he's like, time for some revenge. He ends up breaking into Eddie's house, blowing out the pilot in his, uh, stove and turning on the gas. Mm-hmm. He then ends up making a little noise. Eddie ends up searching through his house, trying to find whoever is in this house because he can hear someone's inside. Mm -hmm. Almost shoots Andy through the window. <laughs> like, thank Child God that didn't happen. In peril, yeah. Right. And uh, ends up shooting into the kitchen, causing a massive explosion where the house completely is demolished. Is Or is completely demolished. As is Eddie. And thankfully, Andy ended up, like, running away from the house at just the right time, so he also wasn't injured. So, at this point, Chicago PD gets called to a homicide of a known associate of a serial killer. Although, Eddie confuses me, and we'll get, well, but we can talk more about that later. And finds this six-year-old boy. <laughs> and so they haul him in. Like, I mean, they have to. I mean, they can't leave him there, right? So, but, like, they he is now the suspect. They are now suspecting him of the murder of his mother's friend mm -hmm. and the murder of Eddie Caputo. Right. Which is absolutely ludicrous. Like, right. what motive <laughs> would this child have to murder this this man? He doesn't know him. Like, he had to travel across town to find him. Right. Like, there is absolutely no reason for this kid to kill him. Not all. whatsoever. No. But they still haul him in. And, like, how did a child cause... Like, how would a child know how to cause a gas explosion? <laughs> like, he's six. The logic is flawed. But, like, I get it that, like, they're like, we have no other... Right, we have no idea. And, like, what are, also, what are the one. chances of this child being at two crime scenes? Right. Although I think that I would probably go with there's an adult involved mm -hmm. that we just haven't realized yet. Um, but they end up taking him away to a psychiatric hospital because he will not stop insisting that Chucky is alive. Right. And that he killed Maggie and that he killed Eddie and that he has threatened to kill him. Yep. Yeah, because he ends up getting, like, kind of violent with Chucky in a way, where he's, like, he's, like, slapping him, like, talk. <laughs> right, yeah. Why would you say something? Right, like, give him the um, old, giving him the old, like, reservoir dogs treatment. Right. Doesn't work. <laughs> um, well, and then, uh, when he's in the psychiatric hospital, um, this is when, uh, this is when Karen ends up going home and picking up the good guy's box. Mm -hmm. um, and out falls the battery pack. The battery pack, yes. Which, like, I don't know how you didn't realize that, like, this talking toy, animatronic toy, like, 
Well, I guess it's not really animatronic. It just talks. But, um, oh, it, oh, I guess he, his mouth does move, doesn't it? Um, oh, yeah. His head moves. His eyes blink. Yeah. It's a very... Um, it's an advanced doll. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how you wouldn't realize that, like, you never put batteries in it. But... Because... I think you would just assume that the batteries are already in it because as soon as Andy pulls it out of the box, it, it works. Starts talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean it's fair. The first thing Andy says to it, it responds. So like mm-hmm. any rational human being would be like, "Oh, the battery's already in it." Right. Which like, I guess would make sense cuz she did not buy it from a store. Right. Mhm. And like sometimes toys come with batteries and all you have to do is pull out that little tab and it works. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but this is the moment where uh, Karen discovers that her son is, in fact, telling the truth. Yes. And this is the moment of Chucky's full reveal. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful moment. And... <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> you fucking bitch. You... No, it's... I think it's you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. I believe that is what he says Oh, to yeah. Her. <laughs> but also... I love Catherine Hicks in this scene because right up until the moment that like she has it, she believes it, right? Mm -hmm. Like she knows and she's holding him up and she turns on the fireplace and she says, say something or I'll throw you in the fire. But when that doll starts to talk, she still acts shocked. Like she still didn't fully believe it until it was actually happening. Mm -hmm. And until it starts to talk, like, you know, in phrases that are not any of the good guy catchphrases, for sure. And uh, in a completely I mean. different voice, right? <laughs> that it's, this is clearly something really, really bad going on. Um, right. But it, it was just, it was a great sort of moment of acting from Catherine Hicks, in my opinion, because she mm-hmm. literally does. She's like in it, and then she's not. She believes it, and then she doesn't. And then he starts screaming at her, and she's just like, <gasps> She throws him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or no, she doesn't throw him. I'm sorry. He like attacks her. She throws him the first he time. Her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She throws him off and he rolls underneath the couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but. um. So, of course, a, a little Karen Chucky battle ensues. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, Chucky ends up escaping the apartment. So, uh, Karen goes to the police station, uh, and tries explaining what happened, which just makes her seem incredibly psychotic. Um, Mike is like, yeah, okay. Uh, Right. Well, Mike, Mike thinks, I don't think that Mike thinks that Karen is crazy. I think that Mike thinks that Karen is lying. Yes. To protect her son. Right. Like, I think that, you know, her son was just hauled off to a mental institution. I think that he believes that she's just like, oh, wait, I saw it, too. My my kid's not crazy. Right. Like, of course, a distressed mother, right, mm-hmm. might do such a thing. Um, unfortunately, she is telling the truth, which Mike Norris soon will find out. Right. Uh, so Karen ends up leaving because Mike doesn't believe her. So she's like, I'm going to get more info and goes to try to find the, um, the, uh, I guess peddler that uh, sold her the doll. Um, so now she's in Skid Row. Yes, and uh, finds him, and he ends up attempting to sexually assault her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
thankfully Mike ends up showing up at just the right moment and and saves her. Um, but does not arrest him. But does not arrest him at all. <laughs> it's just so. like, get out of here, you scamp. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my god, the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Because sexual assault is not a punishable offense. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's yeah. Like, ah. Ridiculous. Anyway. Um, so, um, they end up finding out that, uh, the the man that sold her the doll admitted that he took the doll from that toy store mm-hmm. um she is of course still trying to uh insist that this doll is alive this doll is charles lee ray um and after um he ends up bringing karen home he actually ends up getting attacked by chucky in his car yes um because Chucky, of course, is after him. I mean, yes, Charles Lee Ray yes. is like that's his primary target. He killed him, right? Right? Or I mean, he didn't. I guess he didn't succeed in killing him, but he killed his body at least, right? right? He made it. He created the conditions that he has to be stuck inside a fucking doll. So right. he's kind of pissed about that. <laughs> Just a hair. Um, I mean, he was mad enough for, to kill his supposed friend for leaving him there. So yeah. he's definitely going to kill the man that uh, was trying to kill him. Yeah. Still, Eddie um, still confuses me a little bit, but that's Yeah, fine. I, yeah. Yeah, that one was, I feel like it was a little thrown in. Um, so um, there is, of course, like this crazy, like, fight that ensues while, uh, while Mike is driving his car. Um, and in the end, he ends up shooting Chucky. Um, and he ends up bleeding, which is not something you would expect him to do because he is, in fact, a doll. He was Um, also not expecting this. He was quite shocked and alarmed by the fact that he Mm -hmm. was bleeding, given the fact Uh, that he has stuffing inside of him. Right. Um, so he ends up going to, um, it is, um, John Dr. Death Bishop, Mm -hmm. um, who is the, the man, he's like a, he is the one who instructed him on um these voodoo rituals right um, the practitioner mm-hmm. um who ends up informing him that as the longer that he remains um in the doll the more human he's going to become mm-hmm. so he's like um get me the hell out of this thing and john says no which was un- an unfortunate mistake for John because he ends up, Chucky ends up having a voodoo doll of John and ends up using it to break his leg. He breaks his arm with it because he, he needs to know how he can get out of this doll. Right. It ends up being revealed that um, for him to escape, he has to transfer his soul to the first human he was revealed to being Andy. Which is Andy, yes. Mm-hmm. Chucky ends up um, stabbing the doll in the chest, essentially stabbing John in the heart and killing him. Right. Not quite dead in that moment, though. Shortly after, Karen and Mike end up coming to to see John because I forget how Mike knows that they're... So... 
Yep. Because f- first, okay, so Chucky goes, and after he attacks Chris Sarandon, he goes to confront John Bishop. Mm-hmm. Right. Meanwhile, Karen has found out where Charles Lee Ray lived. Right. And goes there to, for some reason, find his entire apartment still furnished with all of his things in it. Right. And the landlord just lets her in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, this is fine. I think she, like, gives him a 20 and he lets her in, right? Like, and it's this really, like, you know, it's dirty and there's stuff everywhere and these there are like these sort of strange artifacts right i think there are some like i don't know it's we're coming up i'm actually coming up on the scene so i'll be able to like describe it better when it gets to there but Mm. i i'm pretty sure there are like mannequin legs yeah and like just sticking uh, everywhere and like a bunch of different like uh drawings all over the walls right a big mural that reveals that um that reveals that Charles Lee Ray was a practitioner of, of voodoo, or at right. least of Hollywood's version of voodoo, which is nothing like real voodoo. But right, exactly. we've been over that. Um, you know, because it's it's plot exposition and it has to go somewhere, so not why not make him paint a giant mural right. on his wall that tells them exactly where to go next? <laughs> right, exactly. Total logic. Yeah, because it ends up, there, because John is on the wall. Right, John is painted on the wall, and then there's also, like, a conveniently placed newspaper article of him. Right. About him. And so now they have the face, they have the name, they they look up where he lives, they go there, they find him lying on the floor close to death. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he ends up telling Karen and Mike that although Chucky is a doll, that he is able to be injured. And warns them to keep him away from... He ends up essentially telling, warning them to keep him away from whoever saw him first. Right. Um, which they know was... Andy. Um, Andy. So, Chucky ends up getting going to uh, the hospital where Andy is being held. Ends up breaking in. Andy's freaking out because he sees Chucky breaking in. Right. And ends up killing um dr ardmore who is like his main doctor he ends up electrocuting him to death yeah that's a rough one yeah that was a (laughs) a rough way to go in this and and during this is when andy ends up escaping right and of course goes right home karen and mike end up arriving at the hospital shortly after the situation happens find out that he has escaped and Karen's like he knows the first place to go when he doesn't know what to do is to go home so right also of course they think that Andy killed this doctor right right and it's like no 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 not the case but fair and valid situation at this point this is the third I death mean, at that's this happened point, around this child around this child right but again how would he know how to work that machine although for that matter right. how does charles lee ray so i suppose so uh chucky ends up following andy home um and ends up knocking him unconscious mm-hmm. 
because at this point, this what he wants to do is um, possess him. Right. Thankfully, as he has started to start his incantation to possess Andy, uh, Karen and Mike end up arriving at home to uh, stop. There is, of course, a lovely battle that ensues between um, Karen and Mike and Chucky. Chucky ends up slicing the back of Mike's leg. Karen ends up throwing him into the fireplace. I fucking love this scene, too. Uh, <laughs> Karen throws him into the fireplace and has the like gate on the front of it holding him in and um, calls Andy over to light the match and throw it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Burning Chucky. Mm-hmm. Which is when he says, when he's uh, suddenly Chucky goes back to, but aren't we best friends till the end? Mm-hmm. And Andy says the infamous... This is the end, friend, and then right. throws in the match. <laughs> right, which is the moment, by the way. And Sean and I were talking about this before we started recording. Is the moment that Andy Barclay becomes a final girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, the exact moment. I mean, yes. he's got. Think about it. Final girls, uh, innocent. Mm-hmm. He's six, right? Mm-hmm. Six-year-old boy, completely innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, the primary target. Of the monster, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty smart, right? Clever clever little boy manages to escape out of that hospital and, I mean, manages to get himself down to, to the south side, right? And, of course, like, survives and always has that, like, moment where they defeat... I mean, I guess he doesn't quite defeat Chucky in this moment, but that moment where they defeat the monster and say something, you know, badass slash cheesy like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Andy Barclay, final girl. Final girl. <laughs> Karen and Andy end up leaving because, you know, Chucky is burned up in the fireplace at this point, right? They think he's dead. They think that he's dead because this is wrong. They end up leaving to go h- try to help Mike, um, but Chucky ends up escaping and ends up chasing Andy. Karen, thankfully, ends up having a gun. And ends up shooting Chucky multiple times, once again presuming that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Again, not quite the, <laughs> the situation at this point. Um, you would assume that he is, too, because he's pretty much blown up. Uh, right, into little pieces. Smithereens. Yeah. So, oh, and, and I guess we didn't really talk about this character at all because he's not really a, a main character throughout the entire film but Mm -hmm. there is um jack santos played by tommy swerdlow he is another detective working with uh mike ends up getting to the house mike is trying to tell him that chucky was alive and he's like yeah okay sure (laughs) he ends up learning the hard way Mm -hmm. that chucky actually is alive because he bursts through the vent headless mind you Mm -hmm. and ends up trying to strangle Jack. Thankfully. <laughs> One of my favorite moments, because Chucky's head is giving orders to Chucky's body. Right. <laughs> As if they're separate entities. <laughs> He's like, kill him, kill him! <laughs> it's like, like, it's you! This is he can't this hear you. He can't hear you. The ears are on you, buddy. It's not. This is not how this works at all. <laughs> Mike finally ends up fully killing Chucky in this moment mm. because well, not fully obviously, because we have we have Six seven sequels. Of the movies that come afterwards. <laughs> right, yeah. 
six other ones that are actually like directly related to this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, he ends up shooting Chucky in the heart, which does end up defeating him. Mm-hmm. So the final shot is Andy looking back over his shoulder. Uh, as as all great final girls know, it's not over. Andy knows that it's not over. And then the fade, the screen fades to black. <laughs> so I just wanted to address, like, there are very few deaths in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you count Charles Lee Ray essentially dying twice, then you have, um, five. you have five. <laughs> like, very, very few deaths. One thing that I will say about the deaths is they were actually pretty clever because they had they had a logistics problem. Mm-hmm. And that was the fact that this doll weighs five pounds. Right. Right? Like obviously it's going to be it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some sort of like magic strength that it has, right? They can sort of ride that a little bit, but like even if it's as strong as a full grown man. It's still just a little doll, right? Like, they could kick it across the room. So they actually come up with pretty clever ways of making sure that the doll is able to hurt people. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's no way he could have taken down John Bishop. There's no way. No. You know? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. But that's why he had the voodoo doll. Mm Mm-hmm. He couldn't beat Chris Sarandon in a fair fight. That's why he was behind him in the car. Right. Yeah, strangling uh, him, if I'm not mistaken, with, like, a cord. I think it was his jumper cables. It might have been that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that's yep. what it was. So, yes. So, so the deaths actually probably took quite a bit of thought, right? Mm-hmm. Because they did have to deal with this issue. Like... Him hiding, him hiding and getting away and escaping, that was all easy. Right. But the part that actually takes physical strength, the actual hurting grown men. Mm-hmm. They figure out ways to, to keep him from, or to make it believable, as believable as it's going to be, that a doll is killing people. But making it reasonable that he would be able to do these things. Right. Right, in the state that he's in. So, there are multiple ways that uh, they end up bringing Chucky to life. Right, because the only way this concept works is if they do a damn good job on that doll. And they did. They did. It holds up. Yeah. Like I can't even tell you the last time I watched I watched this movie. It was probably been a couple of years and you know, I've never watched it with sort of like the kind of critical analytical eye that I watch it when we're going to talk about it on the podcast, right? But like that that's that holds up. I mean, mm-hmm. again, our 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 favorite thing, practical effects, like those yeah. are 100% like uh there were several animatronic Chuckies. Mm-hmm. Like there was, they called him Tantrum Chucky, and that was the one that, like, when say when he was attacking Karen, right, and he's sort of just mm-hmm. flailing about like this. 
Right. I said like this as if you could see me. Sean can see me. <laughs> I can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Think flailing your arms. That's what's happening. <laughs> um, watch the scene where he's attacking Karen. When he's doing that. Right. That was that was tantrum Chucky. Um, there was walking Chucky. Uh, they also used, I believe, uh, extras mm-hmm. who were little people. Yes, they. So I actually wanted to talk about them both really quick, um, because they. Okay. So they did use child actors, but they also used John Franklin and Ed Gale. So um, Ed Gale's main claim to fame is actually he played Howard the Duck. Uh, oh <laughs> my God! Are you serious? Uh huh. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Oh my um, God. And then, like, John he was Frank- actually in the suit. Yes, he was actually in the suit playing playing Howard the Duck. That's amazing. Um, and then John Franklin actually was the actor that played Isaac in the original Children of the Corn. Oh wow. Uh huh. Um. Oh, and he played That's cousin It in the um 1991. Uh, Adam's Family movie. Oh my god. <laughs> this is just like a bouquet of wonderful. I know, right? <laughs> so glad you brought this up. So I I'm like, I just know these things. Yeah, I mean... So like, as we're... So since we're talking about... I have... Well, I mean, we both have the one, and then I have another one. Mm-hmm. Of people who were almost in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, in the original test screen, which did poorly, mm-hmm. got, got a lot of negative reviews. They had to recut it quite, quite a bit. The original plan was to have Brad Dorif play Charles Lee Ray only in that first three and a half minutes of the film before he dies. Mm-hmm. And then the quote-unquote Chucky voice for the rest of the film would be provided by Jessica Walter. Known to most of you... As Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. <laughs> if anybody, if any of you have any somehow, some way access to that original cut with Jessica Walter doing the Chucky voice, I would just, I would be in heaven if I could hear that. Right. Oh god, I love it. And uh, apparently apparently their rationale for casting her in the first place was that the voice of Satan in The Exorcist was provided by a woman. I mean, fair. However, but the character in The Exorcist is also female. Right. Right? Like Reagan is female. So it makes sense that, like, it would be a slightly feminine-ish sounding voice coming out of her, whether it was the devil or not. hmm Like, Chucky is a boy doll. Right. Being possessed by a grown man. <laughs> Why would he sound like Jessica Walter? <laughs> there is absolutely no reason for it to be the case. I... I need to hear Jessica Walter's voice in the late 80s because because she is another 
actress that has just such a distinct voice. She does. And in all fairness, she she is affecting her voice quite a bit in Arrested Development. So like oh, absolutely. The Chucky voice would have sounded nothing like Lucille Bluth. Right. <laughs> Although um, how amazing would it be if it happened? <laughs> right. Well and and she's also uh, Mallory Archer in the show Archer. So which again oh, yes, you can she hear is. it. Right. One hundred percent. Um I'm like, I need to I need to hear you. I need to hear it. If anybody, please. Apparently she was also in Play Misty for me. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get to that one at some point. So the other one I wanted to point out, mm-hmm. because this one made me crack up. Apparently, before Brad Dorif was considered for the role of Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky, mm. mm-hmm. there was heavy consideration to cast John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm just trying, I'm trying to think what he would have been in, in the 80s. I'm going to look yeah. that up, actually. Like, let's look up John Lithgow. We're doing this real time, folks. This is, this is behind the scenes. Let's look up John Lithgow in the 80s to see what the hell they would have been thinking that he would work for this movie. Right. Because the earliest thing that I can think of that he was in was Third Rock from the Sun. Mm-hmm. And that was like what mid, early mid nineties. Yeah, but I mean, he was he was pretty he was pretty old by then. Yeah, like, he'd like been he, around for a while. He's definitely acted before that. I'm just like I can't think of what the hell else he was in. <laughs> I mean, he was in Footloose. He was no in. Shit. Yeah, he was. He was the um, the minister. In Footloose, he was in 2010, which is the sequel to 2001. Not great. He was in Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He was Mr. Henderson. Yeah, there is nothing here. <laughs> that would, there's nothing here that would like be like, we need a serial... We need a psychotic... Not psychotic. We need an organized, ritual-based sadistic serial killer john lithgow obviously yeah, no obviously what? thank god they didn't cast him like yeah no don't get me I wrong mean, the man's a fine actor i'm sure he would have done a fine job but it's just the wrong vibe for sure yeah, i mean yes i feel like he is a great actor but i'm also going to say see pet cemetery you mean the remake yes yes right because he was the um, he was the neighbor Yes. The guy who was played by Herman Munster in the original. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't sorry. remember Herman Munster's real name, but he was Herman I, Munster. He was Herman Munster. <laughs> yeah. I John Lith- Lithgow is just not... I just don't feel like horror is his forte. And I don't yes. mean that, like... I don't mean that in a way where, like, he was necessarily bad in the role. I just don't feel like it suited him necessarily. It's just the wrong vibe. Yeah, just... Yeah, I just... He's just done so many other things that are all comedy-focused that I've just... It's just Mm -hmm. hard to see him in something else. And, like, pretty... Like, not just comedy, but, like, kind of family-friendly comedy. Yes. Right? Like... Yeah, and and Pet Cemetery is not (laughs) family-friendly. No, it's not. Not at all. Thank God they didn't cast John Lithgow because John Lithgow is, you know, 
just would happen the wrong vibe for this movie. Mm-hmm. But thank God they cast Brad Dorif because mm-hmm. he made this film. He made this character. He made this franchise. The characterization that he gave Chucky mm-hmm. is what made Chucky legendary. Yes. And what's hilarious to me, like we didn't do this on purpose. But it's actually really funny that we're doing this movie the week after The Shining. Mm-hmm. Because Brad Dorif has said himself that he is straight up doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. Yes. When he is doing Chucky's voice. Mm-hmm. And the way that they styled Chucky, which was also really smart. Like, I think as small a detail as this is, I think it's really smart that they gave him um, hair that could get must. Oh, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that he, mm-hmm. it wasn't like plastic on his head or like a Cabbage Patch doll where it was like yarn. It was like, I guess the My Buddy dolls kind of had this kind of hair, but it, it was the kind of hair that could get messed up and it does get messed up, right? So that by the end of the movie, not only is Brad Dorif doing an impression of Jack Nicholson, but Chucky looks like Jack Nicholson. Yes. Like the yeah. facial expressions that they give him, like we talk, we we talked in the Shining episode about the eyebrows. Like mm-hmm. Chucky has the eyebrows. Um, I mean, obviously he's a redhead, but other than that, he looks quite a bit like Nicholson, and that I think went a long way toward the success of this film, because despite initial poor reviews in the test screenings. The recut final version of this film, made with $9 million, Mm -hmm. grossed $44 million. Yeah. And they owe that coin almost entirely. I mean, everyone was great. Catherine Hicks was great. Alex Vincent was amazing for a little boy. Like, yeah, really, really good. Chris Sarandon is amazing. But they owe that coin entirely to Brad Dourif. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. So, there are several, like, uh, early versions of this movie. So, Mm -hmm. I know one of... So, the original script that Mancini wrote was called Blood Buddy. Um, And this concept is baffling to me. And I'm very glad that this is not the route that they took. This is one of those that had to be workshopped. Like, the writer had this sort of, like, really cool idea... Yes. Like, initial idea, but then it was like, how do we make it happen? And he needed a little help with that one. (laughs) Because. Well, like, because the concept was that the doll was filled with fake blood that would make it, would allow it so it could bleed if it was played with roughly. And I'm like, who wants to give their child a bleeding doll? Like, Okay. It's just so... First of all, think how traumatic that would be. Yes. Like, like oh my god, I hurt my oh doll. Oh my god, the like, psychological issues. <laughs> right. Also, think how fucking messy that would be. Yeah. Well, like literally any like you would have to this this kid's only allowed to play with this doll in in a in like a dry bathtub because Right. <laughs> otherwise the fake blood gets everywhere. Like Right. Imagine no. that scene. Someone just walked into your bathroom. I gotta use your restroom. Right. Do a bloody... bunch of fake blood. <laughs> a blood-covered child in the bathtub. Right. This is Very different movie. Yeah. 
the the um, idea that someone would give their child a doll full, filled with blood is less realistic than the idea that this doll came to life and killed people. Yes. <laughs> like absolutely. <laughs> um well, and the reason that the doll like in the co- original concept, the reason the doll came alive is because Andy mixed his bl- own blood with the dolls. I'm like this is a like seven-year-old child so my understanding of that would be more like he wanted them to be blood brothers because this did used to be a thing and it was primarily before um the aids epidemic started that like right kids would kids would absolutely they would like slice Mm -hmm. open their fingers and mix their blood together and be like you know like literally like blood of the covenant right like that that would that would bind them together mm-hmm. um right. obviously once you know people became more aware of bloodborne diseases and how they worked children were strongly right. discouraged from doing that anymore and so it's yes. not really a thing so mm-hmm. but i would think that that i think that's probably what he would be doing mm-hmm. that makes but more like, sense i don't know why i didn't think of that because that literally happens in the movie it slash book um yeah yeah they like do they do they, they like yeah they slash their they all do it they stand in a circle just sharing mm-hmm. blood and you're like oh god um <laughs> i'm like <"Ooh>, stop it <laughs> stop it's um, dangerous um very very bad what i do like in the original concept is that the doll was going to represent andy's suppre- suppressed rage um and then the doll was mm-hmm. going to target his enemies at the same point, I'm like, what six-year-old has enemies? Right. I mean, it. I think that the rewrite to make Andy a victim was a smart one. Yes. Like, I, I don't think people would have really liked a movie. Like, yes, I suppose you have, like, Damien in The Omen, right? So, like, you do have evil children, I suppose, but the idea that this seven-year-old is not, you know, not the son of the devil, right? Or possessed by the devil, right? Usually Mm -hmm. in in previous, or a zombie, like the kid in Pet Cemetery, right? Like, usually in in other things where the kids turn evil, there is a specific reason Mm -hmm. that they are, and it's usually supernatural, right? Right. Whereas this, if they had done this, it would be like the evil was coming from Andy. And I don't right. know how people would have responded to that. Yes. Well, and there they were make, going to make it like a, a like a whodunit situation where you were kind of going back and forth between, was is it Andy or is it uh, Chucky that's the killer? Right. Which I, I do like that concept because it kind of... it. Uh, their thought process too was like dealing with the effects of advertising and TV on children. So like it, there's aspects right. of it that I enjoy. However, mm-hmm. I am very glad that they went a different route. Right. Despite, yes, despite the, despite the like silly, you know, Hollywood bastardized version of voodoo chant that happens. Mm-hmm. Charles Lee Ray was a much better like, that the doll was possessed by a serial killer, and it was targeting this little boy. Mm-hmm. It's just something that makes a lot more sense. I mean, obviously, once you suspend your disbelief enough that there's a talking doll, or that there's a living doll. 
that it just it just it just kind of flows better i think yes Mm -hmm. but so i know we kind of also addressed it in the very beginning of like in the the opening of the episode Mm -hmm. but don mancini was very very heavily inspired by consumerism um specifically Mm -hmm. with um things like children's toys like the cabbage patch patch kids he was inspired by the trilogy of terror the episode the living doll from the twilight zone Mm -hmm. david kirshner um was inspired by the dollhouse murders and then tom holland um the director was uh inspired by the my buddy dolls which i know that we talked about a little bit which i actually had one of those as a kid too Mm mm-hmm I think I did too. I might have had the girl yeah. version. Yeah. Which I think was called like a kid sister. Right. So so the idea and what's funny is that Mancini and and this entire production team, right? Mancini mm-hmm. and Holland and Kirshner, all of them made this movie because they wanted to illustrate how the effects of advertising of this like bombardment of materialism directed at children is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And then after the movie was released, people protested it. (laughs) Right. Because they thought the movie (laughs) would have this effect. And it's just like people. It just, it just makes me laugh that like they, they were saying like, oh, we shouldn't do this thing because we want to protect the children. And then, like, people who, once they went to see the movie, were like, oh, we can't show this movie because we need to protect the children. <laughs> right. And it's like, wait It's a ironic. Mm-hmm. So a couple of other just, like, fun things about the film. So the name Charles Lee Ray is actually... Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> is, uh, it is derived from a combination of Charles Manson... Lee Harvey Oswald and James Earl Ray. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, we're going to take three famous murderers and just mix them all together. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's brilliant because Charles Lee Ray really does sound like a serial killer name. Absolutely. Because as we know, serial killers always, they always use all three names for serial killers because mm-hmm. there might be lots of, uh, there might be lots of people named Charles Ray Right, and they don't want the wrong one to to sort of like be harassed by his neighbors because they think he's a serial killer. So they use all of their names. Mm-hmm. But that is one thing I was going to say about Eddie because Eddie is confusing. Like Eddie's existence is a little bit confusing because generally, generally, but not always, right? Serial killers act alone. Right. Especially, like, the the kind of serial killer that would have lived in that apartment. And the kind of serial killer that, like, they kind of portray, like, that Chucky is. Mm-hmm. Don't mesh entirely, right? right? But I did think of, with Eddie, the only sort of analog I could think of was that Eddie was the oddest tool to Charles Lee Ray's Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah. Right? That they were a team. Yeah. For the record, I am not related to oddest tool. <laughs> but <laughs> just make that very clear. 
I'm not related, but um, that Eddie was sort of the the weak sort of sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why he was driving the car because that scene, the scene at the beginning, it it, it is a little bit like they're escaping like a robbery rather than like he's a serial killer right yeah like that didn't didn't really make sense like why would he need to have a getaway driver unless he broke into right from what was he getting away right well which he might have i mean he might he might have like just made money by stealing and then kill people but i guess my point is is that they don't really beyond identifying him as the lakeshore strangler right Mm-hmm. and the stuff about the voodoo they don't delve at all into charlie into charles lee ray's life before he died like before he became chucky right mm-hmm. like they really explain nothing about him except for the bare minimum you need to know as to how he got himself into this doll And I'm trying to think if they ever do in any of the sequels. I will say that I have not seen every single sequel. Um, I have seen most of them. I I just haven't seen um, Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Yeah, I think that's where I think the last one I watched was was Seed of Chucky. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just ludicrous. I mean, there's... Oh, (laughs) That fucking opening sequence alone is just... <laughs> like, oh my god. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Why? Well, and I fucking love that, um... I mean, I love Jennifer Tilly, uh, don't get me wrong, but... Oh, yes. Like, Jennifer Tilly was the perfect addition to this perfect. series. <laughs> perfect. Like, no one else should have played Tiffany Ray. Like, mm-hmm. nobody... Mm-mm. But yeah, sometimes sometimes you do wish to be a fly on the wall in these pitch meetings. Yeah. Although I suppose, okay, so I do understand that by the time you get to the... One, two, three, four, fifth film in a franchise that has grossed God knows how many... Hold on. Let's see how much the whole franchise has grossed. So the series uh, has grossed worldwide, adjusted for inflation, uh, $333 million. Almost $334 million. That's crazy. So I suppose by the time you get to those kinds of numbers, mm-hmm. you just make more movies. Like, it doesn't matter what the hell the plot is. They're like, yeah, just right. throw Chucky in another film because people will go see it just because it's Chucky. Um right. But you do, like, let's have them have a baby. <laughs> like, um, I'm sorry. How? Did you forget that they're dolls? Right. Is he, like, suddenly... Although I do think in Bride of Chucky, there's this moment where he's like, oh, I'm anatomically correct. Oh, my God. Yes, I do believe that they... Yeah. 
I do think that they address it by, but literally just like, oh, well, I mean, I suppose that John does say that the longer he's in the body, the more human he becomes. Yeah. You just don't think about, you don't, I guess you don't think about the like actual carnal effects of that. Like what would happen to that doll's body? I don't want to think about it. Um, (laughs) It's gross. But (laughs) no, thank you. But I'm pretty sure, but, I mean, we we were talking about Howard the Duck. Right. A few minutes ago. So, it's not like there's not precedent for you just going, wait, what? How did that happen? Um, when it comes to, you know, human-female to some sort of non-human male mm-hmm. love. Like, wait a minute here. <laughs> what? What's happening? Next week, we'll be discussing The Lodge, which is really the first recent movie that we've done. I mean, I guess except The Witches, when we compared the old witches with the new. Right. But, um... The first standalone. Yeah, the first sort of standalone, not a remake, not a sequel, Mm -hmm. just its, its own entity entirely. That was made um, in 2019, I think. You were right. 2019. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I am I am looking forward to that. That's It's an interesting film. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, follow us on Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We have uh, an Instagram. I checked today. We are at 63 followers. Remember that when we hit 100, I'm going to get a Freddy Krueger tattoo. So tell your friends. Uh, We have a Twitter at... Oh, I'm sorry. The Instagram. I should tell you. I shouldn't tell you to follow something and not tell you what it's called. (laughs) The Instagram is called FN Frights Podcast. Our Twitter is FN Frights Pod. Um, If you just go ahead and search Friday Night Frights in Facebook, you can find our Facebook page as well. We have a website, fnfrightspodcast.com. And if you want to contact us directly, you can scream at us at scream at fnfrightspodcast.com. And then, of course, we do have our Fright Club, which you should definitely join on in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, we will uh, continue to add more content to it. Um, we do have, we still do have that episode of the watch along of Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is up. And still let us know what you would like to see and, uh, definitely please support us. Uh, and we will return the favor with more and more content. Uh, And Katie, what is the first rule of Fright Club? First rule of Fright Club is check your batteries. Mm -hmm. You know, there are more things that talk and move. What's funny is that this movie was made at the dawn of the, like, electronic age, right? Like, I think... Nintendo had only been out for what four years at this point like Mm -hmm. cell phones were a thing of sci-fi and now it's like you can't find a toy that doesn't talk right (laughs) if you've ever walked down the doll aisle in a freaking target 
you know that they will just start talking at you as you walk by, which is terrifying. Uh, so just just go ahead and, you know, keep an eye on those things. Just check check them, make sure they're actually running on batteries and not some sort of, you know, demonic serial killer juju. No big deal. No big deal. Just a little, just a little, it's a very easy thing to figure out. Make oh, sure. can I say one more thing? So the Simpsons actually parodied the, they were actually parodying the original, like, Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. of um, the Living Doll episode of Twilight Zone. And it's an episode in which Homer buys Bart a crusty doll mm-hmm. who comes to life and is evil and tries to kill them all (laughs) and at the end of the segment because this was a treehouse of horror segment at the end of the segment they're like oh here's your problem he was switched to evil and they like switched the (laughs) 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 they switched the switch back to good and then he's fine (laughs) he's still alive but he's fine he's not he's not trying to kill them anymore (laughs) oh perfect it was such an easy fix right just to leave you with that make sure that that your dolls are all switched to good rather than evil Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Check that switch. It's hiding out there somewhere, I'm sure. Mm hmm. I'm sure. It's a standard mm-hmm. feature. Right. <laughs> so, gays and ghouls, tune in next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, stay tight.